Welcome to the Invested Dads Podcast, simplifying financial topics so that you can take action and make your financial situation better, helping you to understand the current world of financial planning and investments. Here are your hosts, Josh Robb and Austin Wilson. All right. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to the Invested Dads Podcast, a podcast where we take you on a journey to better your financial future today. What the SPAC? Are we talking about SPACs? Oh, yeah. That's the stuff you use to fill holes in the wall when your kids do things they Well, that actually does happen. I remember at my parents' house, my brother like tried to do a flip over the couch and then kicked a hole in the wall. Yeah. I mean... Mom wasn't even that mad about it. She's like, oh, yeah, you know. Yeah, it happens. But still, it, it happens. Yeah. Drywall walls have holes. We painted my boys' room. They share a room. And when we painted, I filled all the holes that had happened. And one was behind their door. They have one of those basketball hoops that hang on the door, right? And when they'd open the door, its rim would hit the wall mm-hmm. and put a dent in it. So I filled it, and then we painted. And it's not back. more than a it's day back. or two later, not only is it back, but it's all the way through the drywall now. They've actually punctured oh. all the way through. And so, yeah. See, our house has plaster walls everywhere because it's really old. And... It does a better job at like deflecting things, but when there are when they are there, they are evident. Yeah, and they are a pain to fix. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, spacks. Uh, yeah. yeah. So we're not exactly talking about spackle. I think is the term you're thinking. Oh, that's probably. <laughs> we're talking about special purpose acquisition companies. Spacks. They're all over the news. If you're watching any financial news, reading any financial news, you're probably hearing about the word spack. So, yeah, that's what we're talking about today. So, without the e. For equity, they, they're, there's no space for them in investing. Oh, See man. What I did there? Yeah, I, that, man. You could market that. So Thanks. let's start like we usually do. 50,000 feet. We're up in the airplane looking down. All right. What is a SPAC? A SPAC is a shell company, essentially, that is formed only to raise capital through an IPO and then go out and acquire another company. So like this company is essentially a blank check company. They say, okay, I'm going to form this company, and its only purpose is to go buy a company. Okay. Now, when you say shell company, my brain goes to like bad, illegal things going on, right? Because that's what you're right. like, yeah. they're using a shell company. Right. You know, it's like, but in this case, it's just because it's a vehicle. The company name yeah. exists only for the purpose of, and when you say acquire, they're buying private, usually, usually a private, private company yeah. that's not publicly traded. Yep. And so they're making it a publicly traded company Correct. through this process. Yes. And it's a way for investors to, in a sense, be on the ground floor of making this a publicly traded company. Exactly. Okay. Yes. So, yes. So a company, they have no operations. So, like, this is a, it's a publicly traded company that's formed yep. legally, mm-hmm. it's all incorporated and everything. There is no operations. There are no employees. There's really nothing other than the people who are managing the SPAC. Yeah. And they're just really just probably have an idea like, I need to get some money. If I get enough money, I'm buying this company. Yes. And I'm going to make it public because I think it's going to do well. And they can buy more than one. They may buy more than one. So, yeah. So these are known also, you know, as blank check companies Mm -hmm. because. You know, whatever the whatever money the IPO for the SPAC raises, so the SPAC is the company that goes public. Whatever yep. money it raises in capital, people buying into the company when it goes public, they then use for I for or to go buy a company. That's what they do. So that is exactly how that happens. Um when they get the money from the IPO. So IPO happens, this SPAC IPO gets, is Initial public offering. Okay. So, so yes, that's, when, that's probably a really good... Yeah. We're going to talk about some differences between that, but that's yeah. a that's a good segue there. But yeah, so this company goes public, so they get a bunch of capital. 
their stocks out there now. Mm-hmm. And so all of the capital that they got from this initial public offering goes into an interest-bearing savings account. And then... Probably a high-interest bearing savings Yeah, like half a percent or yeah, something right now. Really good Woo! Return. It's going to be great. So, yeah, it goes in the savings account, and then it just pretty much sits there and waits until they find an, a, a target to acquire. So, usually, these companies actually go public without identifying publicly their, their targets because that kind of takes away their competitive advantage or whatever. Although the founders typically have some sort of idea on what they're going to be acquiring in, in the general vicinity, maybe not the specific company, but what kind of company they're going to be acquiring before filing. So once the company goes public, they have two years from that date to acquire a company or it legally has to return all of its capital back to the shareholders because the shareholders were then investing in nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's just not cool. Prior to an acquisition, most SPACs are actually not traded where you can just easily go buy them, right? So the major stock exchanges are not what you can go buy a pre-having-already-an-acquisition SPAC. Those are what's traded over-the-counter. And this is for much smaller companies. The regulations are a lot less. So this is how, you know, back in the 2000s, the early 2000s and late 90s and stuff, some of this stuff kind of got some bad names because some of these really small companies, they could make people millionaires, they could also go bust because you didn't really know a lot about it. The the regulations are a lot different than than your larger peers uh, that you can buy on, say, the New York Stock Exchange or whatever. But these are traded on what's called over-the-counter. But that usually once that acquisition's made, they do start then trading okay. on a more normal major exchange. And then they're easy to find and easy to research. And all of their, all of their documentation has to be a lot more you know strict mm-hmm. at that point. So early on, investors that hear about this or find out they're trading on a over-the-counter, which means just kind of a less known trading, you know, you're not on New York Stock Exchange, right. that type of thing. But they can, anybody can still invest in them. Yes. And they're betting on the owners of this SPAC, whoever started this SPAC, to have an idea or maybe have a company in mind that they think they can acquire and bring publicly. True. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So if and you the had- hope would be then, I buy this SPAC because then once this company is bought, it's going to be great. Yes. Now as a publicly traded company, and that's where my money will be. So not it is possible most I guess I'll use the term retail investors don't go buy SPACs before they're public because they would have really have no reason to do that to mm-hmm. do that even though they could. They could. It's it really carries it doesn't do much for you at that point. A lot of bigger institutions will however do that in really a bet that the manager is going to have their act together and, and do what they're, you know, supposed to be doing. So yeah, I guess the next question is how long have they been around? Because we've only really been hearing about this in a big way mm-hmm. in last year and this year. So 2020, yep. 2021. But actually, they've been around for decades. Okay. But they've been much more in the news the last year or so as a lot of companies have sought to go public. And you know, most of these newly traded company stocks have performed exceptionally well. There's just a real investor appetite for IPOs and for SPACs and stuff like that, the the new and exciting things. And that's really been hot in 2020 and 2021, which is really funny because it wouldn't have anticipated the risk appetite would have been there having experienced the, well, the bear market. more money being thrown around and exactly. extra money through stimulus and stuff that, that caused some issues. And that's likely to continue into 2021. Mm-hmm. So what can these SPACs be used for? Literally buying any company. And like you said, usually private companies at that point are are what is going to be acquired as part of the SPAC. 
So a couple of the benefits of SPACs are essentially it's a much faster IPO process than a traditional IPO for a private company. So if a private company can market itself to one of these companies that, that has a SPAC, then they can be taken public through the SPAC with a lot less hoops to jump through, a lot less time, and a lot less money because it costs money to go public mm-hmm. than if they were to file traditional IPO paperwork and documentation and go public in that way. So it, it is quicker. However, so when you think about pricing, so obviously when a private company goes public, typically the founders of the companies make lots of money. Yep. And they own a lot of the shares. They own most of the company. Yeah. And then. So, so therefore, what happens when a SPAC takes your company public? Well, usually it is a premium still. There's really like three levels of premium associated with taking a private company public. So just if, you're, if your general private equity firm takes your, goes and buys your company on the, you know, just normal, negotiates with the owners and buys the company by itself to run it as their own or whatever. That's like level one. That's the bottom. And typically there's not, I bet the, I bet the owners make good money, but it's not like the 50% premium or whatever that you think about when people go public on the stock exchange. So it's like level one, level two is a SPAC because of that easier process and that easier time, less overhead, all of those things the owners typically don't make as much money, the founders or whatever, as if they would have a traditional IPO. So they might make 20% is kind of the average that you make when you go go public through a SPAC. Now, if you take a company public through an initial public offering on the stock exchange, then typically, recently, so this is not always the case, but recently, those owners and founders have been rewarded very generously. I'm talking 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100% returns on you know within days of the company going public but there's also a flip side of that coin because if you're going public on a stock exchange it can go the other way too yes so we work i remember last year there were some issues there and it was highly valued and then over time that valuation dropped to the point where i think they removed it and they didn't go public because there was just this down turn on sentiment for that company. And investor sentiment in general, as it pertains to initial public offerings or SPACs, can determine a lot of the route that these companies choose. So if people are really risk on, if they're they're willing to take on the risk that these smaller companies bring, um, and that's just kind of the appetite the investors have, as they really have been for the last couple of years, then you'll see a lot of companies starting to either go public traditionally or through SPACs because they can do better on, on a stock price, which means money in their pockets, essentially. Yeah. But if if it's kind of a tougher time, investor sentiment is down, this isn't really what they're feeling, then they might elect to either wait and become a giant private company that takes even more work to go public or just stay private. Yeah. Or like a private equity where they're they're being traded or bought, but not traded. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Okay. So SPACs seem to have a purpose. Like you said, they've been around for decades, so it's not some new fad that's happened. What, tell me a little, like, why are they in the news if it's really just more institutional people investing in them? Well, it's, I think a lot of the news really wants to make comparisons because, like I said, SPACs are not new. IPOs are not new. These are things that have really been around for decades, but a lot of the excitement and the investor sentiment around this area of the market is starting to trigger some old thinking and old feelings from 99 and 2000. And in 99 and 2000, there was obviously tech bubble happened. Mm -hmm. So anything with a dot-com attached to the name 
was up, you know, three figures in stock price, and it just didn't matter. So, and it and the bubble burst, obviously, um, and a lot of people lost a lot of money. So, I think a lot of the news wants to point to the oh no, this is this is a bad thing that's kind of reminding us of what we saw twenty years ago. Um, so I think that's why we're hearing about it now, as well as, like I said, that sentiment is strong. People want this kind of investment, and when when that when that sentiment is strong, you're going to see a flood of IPOs and SPACs. Okay, so it's it's more just, uh, oh, we've seen a excitement on new initial publicly traded companies before, and yep. it didn't end well. It's starting to pick up again. Let's watch out. Right. So it's more that's coming through. It's not that there's been a bunch of retail investors all of a sudden jumping in and causing this new crazy. Right. Okay. Yeah, but it's not GameStop. If no. it's, but yeah, if that's the Reddit army isn't fueling not, SPACs. SPACs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just don't tell them. They might. Start. I know they might. All right. Let's take a break real quick. And so we got SPACs. I got your SPAC. I don't have a joke about SPACs. Apparently, that's they're not that funny. But <laughs> I do have a joke. Um, what do you call a belt that's made out of watches? Mm, weight watchers. A waste of time. Oh, mine was good, waste but yours is time. better. Waste of time. Okay, that's good. Weight watchers is good. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's, yeah, we kind of hit it on a little bit, but let's dig a little bit more into the statistics of how last year and this year, 2020 and 2021, have been different. Mm-hmm. So another a difference that this generation, I guess we can call it, of SPACs, is that they've started attracting big name underwriters like Goldman Sachs, Credit Suisse, Deutsche Bank. These are companies that are taking some of these, they're doing all the legwork behind the scenes to take the SPAC public, and then that can attract better private companies and therefore more retail money or more institutional money or whatever money it is. It's all about money. Mm -hmm. But when you've got these big banks doing a lot of the legwork for you, it's easy to market and it's driving demand. So that is one reason that this kind of last couple years has been different. Like I said also, it's just incredibly exciting. There's a lot of incredible, you know, companies going public and and people are digging it right now. Statistically speaking, the market for nearly all public going companies right now, either traditional IPOs or SPACs, just very, very hot. So that's going to drive a lot of that demand. Um, so a lot of companies are seeing value in relinquishing some control in going public to in a sense, get cash. Right. Because when you go public, you're giving up shares, yep. but receiving an influx of cash as oh, yeah. people buy into that. Because the initial offering is when the company itself gets that exactly. purchase. Yes. Once they're traded on them, when I buy or sell a stock for a client at my work, I'm not giving it to the company. It's nope. traded between investors. And so this initial offering is a cash influx for these companies. So... Probably the other side of it is they're seeing opportunities to utilize this cash as well. True. Because why would you go public if you don't see it, some value in holding that cash or using that cash? Or they need they need the cash. They They've got it. plans. Yes. They're, they're ready to pull a trigger on a new project, yep. a new software, a new product, or whatever, and they need the cash. Yep. So And these companies can raise a bunch of cash really quickly if they go public, whether through an IPO or through a SPAC. Yep. Exactly. So here's some numbers that I kind of blew my mind when I was looking at them. And uh, this these numbers are from Statista, which you have to have a premium subscription for to find, but you can get often see some of the high-level stuff for free. This was free stuff. So oh, nice. in 2009, there was one SPAC. That's it. One. In 2010, there was seven. Okay. 11, there was 15. 12, there was nine. 
13 there was 10 14 there was 12 okay these are all kind of the same number yeah right around that 15 there was 20 16 there was 13 17 there was 34 that's a big jump 18 there was 46 19 there was 59 man i mean we're getting up there up there in 2020 alone there was 248 that's a big jump it's like it's more than 4x yes and then so this is we're sitting here recording this on the first of march all right okay so year to date through february there have been 186 in 2021 just in the first two months yeah that's crazy so that is why SPACs are in the news okay because there are so many of them occurring right now so that might lead you to ask the question is it good or bad the real answer is we don't know we, it's impossible to know at this point. The answer is yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there are people who compare this to the you know the bubble leading up to 2000, which was kind of a buy anything mentality, and some of that's true, right? Some of that there are people that are going to feel that way now, but there are some truly innovative companies that are going public through SPACs in areas like space exploration and alternative energy that are literally going to change the future. And I'm sure that's what they said about internet companies in 1999, but that didn't work out for everyone. Mm -hmm. The reality is that some people are going to make a killing and some people are probably going to get burnt. And that's just kind of the nature with these high risk, high reward kind of areas of the market. So what are some, you mentioned the um, space exploration, alternative energy. So, when you're talking about these privately tr- companies, most of the time private companies, are they like a niche piece that just no one else is doing? Or are they like, um, here's a person that makes a component to a larger publicly traded company, but they're private. But if we take them public too, they're going to do well because they're tied to this bigger, you know, Apple or something where they make one of their pieces. Like, have you seen a trend that way where it's like they're, they're targeting certain areas? I would, I would say probably both. Uh, you hear more of the, the, part a of your of your question where it's just like this is a brand new cool innovation doing something. doing something new doing something solo um i think that the second part the the component supplier or whatever could be very like specifically in chips that could mm-hmm. be a vi- this is a very great time to launch a chips back or yeah. whatever but the the innovators the new new ideas and new things is, is kind of what's happening right now i think last year virgin galactic went public with richard branson's company space exploration okay so like kind of a big deal like we don't have space companies right now right and that is it's a whole brand new idea brand new environment and, and that's the innovation that's kind of driving a lot of the ex- excitement right now i mean but there are some companies that are like going public for like they, they were publicly traded and then they went got brought and bought, took private and then they're going public again through a spac okay. i think like Petco or something did that recently. Um, it's just so interesting how it's it's just the place to be right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's just have a discussion, Josh. Mm-hmm. Should you inv- invest in SPACs? That's a good question. And, you know, that's hard to answer when you're talking to a wide audience of people because everybody's different. Uh, but the things you should consider are your risk tolerance because you're betting on a person or two, a couple people and their ability to go find a company that's worth owning. Right. I mean, Especially really at a do. discount. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, is what I'm paying them, yeah. am I going to get value at that when they're finally done with their acquisition? Exactly. And so that's one piece. And then the other side of it, too, is you said they got two years to do this. Am I comfortable sitting, waiting around with mm-hmm. the money I give them, seeing really no 
return on it. Right. I mean, maybe I'm getting 0.05%, but I'm not getting anything out of my investment until they decide on what they're bringing public. Right. Or if they go two years and don't do anything, then you just lost out. But I just lost two years of investing opportunity. Yeah, I kind of see this similar to cryptocurrency, which uh, we've we've talked episodes on this. Not really. We don't really view it as an investment. We view it more as a speculation. Speculation. Oh, see what it did there. Nice. So it's highly speculative. You're really betting on something that's completely unknown at this point, and I think that that's something you've got to be willing to stomach for one. But number two is we preach and really believe that you should invest in companies that you understand and companies that you know the business and what's going on. And especially the, you know, before a company has bought anything, they just buy a blank check SPAC company just because it's publicly traded. You have no idea the company. Just hope it. Exactly. So it's not really investing by the definition. You know, it's hoping. You're just hoping and praying that something happens great and you don't really know that. So that's kind of the way that, that we would view that. So I guess that kind of begs the question, how? If you wanted to invest in SPACs, would you invest in SPACs? So first of all, like Josh said, always talk to your financial advisor if this fits your plan because, like we said, it's highly speculative, it's highly volatile, and it can be a way to not make great money or do wise things with your money potentially. So talk to your advisor. If you don't have an advisor, we're here to help. Check out our website. There's an Invest With Us tab. We would love to talk to you about that. And no, we don't typically buy SPACs for our clients. But should you just really have that tug to say, okay, I'm doing it. I got some leftover stimulus money or whatever that I don't care if I lose. Yep. I'm gonna you can I'm gonna go buy half of it with Bitcoin. You're going crazy. And then half of it, I'm gonna go buy some SPACs. SPACs. So maybe you're feeling adventurous. Uh, and you got no other use there. for your all money. Speculation. It's all speculation. So yeah, you could go buy some individual SPACs. On they're traded. They are traded. But you won't find them on like a normal stock exchange. Right. You're going to have to go into the backwoods. You're going to go go up to someone's window and knock on the door three times. you got to find a counter. Exactly. And go over top of it. There's a code word. Yeah. No, I mean, you can find places. They are traded. Yes, exactly. But it's harder to find. There's not as much security and stuff like that. So be careful. That's not something we would recommend. It's highly speculative. I'm going to say it again. Dang, that's good. Okay, so the next option, which would probably be a bit more responsible, because these are traded on public exchanges here, Mm -hmm. there are some ETFs that Mm -hmm. now represent SPACs. And and typically, they they represent multiple SPACs. So there's blank check unused SPACs in there, but there's also, I think, ones that you can ride the SPAC as it goes public, too, and get some of that bump and stuff like that. So those ETFs, a couple that I found just in quick looking, we're not affiliated with any of these, but one is the Defiance Next Gen SPAC IPO ETF, ticker SPAK. See, again, that's a good ticker. ETFs, they got two great not tickers. So diluted, you have the ability to get some good tickers. Yep. And if you're making a SPAC, which is SPAC, that one was probably already taken. I don't know, but <laughs> you probably just for. Compliance right. reasons, they can't do that. But they have SPAK. Yeah, close enough. I mean, you're you're pretty much right there. That was a good one. Another one is the Collaborative Investment Series Trust, the SPAC and New Issue ETF ticker SPCX. Close, good. So similar there. Yeah. So those are those are kind of a way to maybe spread your risk out a little bit. You're getting something that's a little bit more on top of the table, a little bit more liquid. Liquidity is an issue when you're yeah. buying securities over the counter. There's not always another buyer on the other end easily. In fact, you could all you could lose money trying to find a buyer because mm-hmm. it's just these things are not traded as easily or as frequently. So 
these are ways that you could go onto your brokerage website and buy these. It's, so it's fine. But either way, it's highly speculative. Three times. Nailed it. Three times. It's a spectacular <laughs> joke you keep repeating. See, right exactly. So just like investing, I'm using air quotes on a podcast, in crypto, only do it with money you can stand to lose. Yes. All right. So I'm glad I have a better understanding because you see it in the news, you see the abbreviation, and you're like, what are they talking about? So it really is a open-ended company that you're going to say, I think these guys, girls, whoever these people are, are super smart and have some company that they're going to just knock it out of the park with. Yep. I want to give them some money and see what happens. So that's what they're trying to do. Exactly. And so good to know. It's crazy how that jump went from 59 to 248 last year. Yeah. That's crazy. So I appreciate it. Good update. So just as a reminder, it's just good to use caution, mm-hmm. especially in these, I'm not even going to say speculative, Don't do it. Don't do it. in these more speculative areas speculative. of the market. So, as always, check out our free gift to you. It's a brief list of eight principles of timeless investing. These are overarching investment themes meant to keep you on track to meet your long-term goals. We do not mention SPACs whatsoever because they probably shouldn't be a big part of your long-term financial planning. So check it out. It's free on our website. Josh, how can people help us grow this podcast? Make sure you subscribe each week. That way we can get you our most recent podcast every Thursday. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us rank higher so more people can find us. If you have any ideas or have a privately traded company you think would be a great deal for a SPAC, well, don't email us that. But if you have other questions, email us at hello at theinvesteddads.com. And also, if you know somebody who's asking about SPACs, you can send them this episode and let them know. They can be informed and ready to go. To clarify, you probably only need to subscribe once because if you uh, subscribe every single week, <laughs> you're, you're going to unsubscribe and you have and to resubscribe. So one time is good on that. Okay. But then it's all Make good. sure you are subscribed. That's right. So until next Thursday, have a good week. Thank you for listening to the Invested Dads podcast. This episode has ended, but your journey towards a better financial future doesn't have to. Head over to theinvesteddads.com to access all the links and resources mentioned in today's show. If you enjoyed this episode and we had a positive impact on your life, leave us a review. Click subscribe and don't miss the next episode. Josh Robb and Austin Wilson work for Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. All opinions expressed by Josh, Austin, or any podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Hicks and Zerker Capital Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. There is no guarantee that the statements, opinions, or forecasts provided herein will prove to be correct. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Indices are not available for direct investment. Any investor who attempts to mimic the performance of an index would incur fees and expenses, which would reduce returns. Securities investing involves risk, including the potential for loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment plan or strategy will be successful.